Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast, the show that offers you tips and strategies to help speakers build the business of their dreams. Now, here's your host, 30-year industry veteran and business coach, Jane Atkinson. Hey, welcome everyone to our coffee chat with Ryan Estes. Today, we are going to take a journey down the path to seven figures. Ryan, thank you so much for being here. Great to be here. Hi, Jane. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Glad we have lots of people joining us. All of our VIPs are here on the line with us today. We have a VIP audience. This is a very special day. These are members of our school, clients of mine, clients of Ryan's. Thank you all for being here. We have received, Ryan, lots of their questions in advance, and we appreciate that so much. And we'll do our best to get to everything in 55 minutes, okay? So Ryan, first question for you is tell everybody what you are most proud of in the past 13 months during the pandemic. Well, I'm I'm proud of our pivot and resilience. I I think, uh, you know, at the onset of this, I mean, (laughs) you know, it's so interesting. I I remember back, um, my birthday is March 13th. March 11th was my last live event. March uh, 13th, I realized the world was collapsing. And I think the next two or three weeks was the unraveling of an 80 event live calendar. But pretty quickly, we got our arms around trying to figure out how to reinvent the business. So two things I'm proud of. One, I had a blast last summer. I bought a boat. I learned how to wake surf. I was on the water three days a week. Like I was chill, right? <laughs> so that was that was number one. I and I can't wait to surf again. We just put the boat in yesterday. So <laughs> round two this, yeah, round two this summer. So the second thing was I, I actually thought the moment of pause could be a good thing for the business. It just got me off the road and into a place where I was thinking and creating again. And we created a whole body of work. I mean, two new keynotes, a half-day workshop, a five-module virtual wellness series. We started selling packages. We renewed relationships with existing customers. And we started to think about our business entirely differently. And without question, uh, this moment of pause put us in a position to build a much better business going forward. So. You know, yeah, we're we're in a uh, so you know I when it, in terms of proud, I'm proud of the way we responded. My team uh, was was terrific, and uh, you know we're in a good place because of it today. So I love that, and I love that you figured out a way to unwind because <laughs> I know you yeah. both. By the way, where I'm recording this from my happy place, I don't know if you can see out there. To I can't. I can see. I love it. Right it's on the water. Cold. It's cold in Canada, so we do not have the boat in the water anytime soon, Ryan. But I, I think that being able to walk out the steps and down the thing and, and onto the boat is just such an, a magical feeling. And we do need to unwind. But your business for a period of time was you. It was all you trading your time for money. And it feels to me like you have started to restructure that so that if something were to happen, and I know you've had scares in the past, if something were to happen, you wouldn't be in big trouble. And this whole moment in time has also taught you that you're not in trouble because you have other investments and things like that. Yeah, it, it 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 does. I mean, I I think you know at the onset I was just concerned. Like, am I gonna? You know, we just didn't know, right? Am I gonna have a business? But what, what's happened? Um, 
is, you know, we're, we're moving toward this hybrid model where, I mean, I just, and I'll, I'll share very transparently, anybody that wants to know details, this is the place to share it. You know, we're, we're on pace to do a hundred events this year. And most of them are going to be done in my, I'm, we're in my house. This is my studio in my home. Yeah. So my commute's really short. You know, <laughs> I don't have to get on a plane. And uh, I mean, yesterday was such an, or last week was such an interesting week. We did two keynotes on Monday, two big, you know, corporate clients. I got on a plane Tuesday, flew, did a, did a live keynote Wednesday, hybrid event, which was awesome. It was awesome to be in front of a live audience. It was great energy. Damon John from Shark Tank was the other speaker. So it was like, it, it felt good to be out there again. And then Thursday I had dinner with my mom and Friday I hung out with some friends. Like what a great week. And, you know, the revenue was great. The opportunities are great. Like that's where I want to play. So, you know, this moment in time has made me a lot more accessible to my clients. So the booking or sales window is shortening. I mean, I can talk to a client today. They can have their entire sales force on with me next Wednesday at 9 a.m. And yeah. we're, we're, you know, you don't have to get a hotel. You don't have to get flights, right? The other thing is I can give a keynote like I did last Wednesday and then follow up three times throughout the course of the year virtually. And now that everybody's comfortable learning and connecting in this domain, it's changed the business. So that is uh, exciting from my perspective. We've been talking a lot over here at the school about how to sell virtual packages. And actually, it's virtual, live, it's everything, packages. So it sounds like you have started to adopt programming for clients that have a bigger outcome at the end of it because you're doing a series of things. What are some of the things that might be included in one of your packages? Right. So we we have actually product that you can only buy as a package. So we have a virtual wellness series that was created at a client's impetus, the onset of the pandemic, their business was actually doing good. Their people were struggling. And so it's five modules uh, and we sell it that way. So the way it's being purchased predominantly is we'll be with a client for five months. And so the first week of every month, we'll deliver one of the modules and they'll record it. So it'll, it'll sit on an internal server throughout the duration of the series. Uh, and that's, it's been a great product. And the other thing that we're doing is you know, we're delivering keynote presentations, but then returning to do additional follow-up content. So I may do a sales kickoff and we, we've developed some new content for both sellers and leaders, but then I'm following up to provide additional levels of support and additional learning throughout the course of the year. So we have, we have multiple clients right now that we're in process with on multi-level engagements that are going to run throughout the duration of the year. Uh, we've never worked like that before, but it's been it's been amazing to do that. And I think accessibility is part of our value proposition now, right? For a fraction of the cost, you know, what I was live, you can gain access to me and our thinking and our research and, and some guidance right now. So now is the time. Beautiful. And what percentage do you look at in terms of live and virtual? You said you're you're a fraction of the cost. You're not discounting too much on virtual, are you? We're we're half off right now. And I, I you know, at my level, I think that's been fairly consistent with what the market is. So full fee is still full mm -hmm. fee. That's if this is all public. I, I think it's fine. I mean, a yeah. full uh, a live keynotes a live keynotes thirty thousand. Yep, a virtual keynotes fifteen thousand. Yeah. Um, and so you know, um, for okay. half price, you have access to the product. Obviously, I'm not there live, 
But the idea that we're selling at those levels or those rates in packages was pretty exciting to me. So, okay. And you're on track to do a hundred, but maybe that's right now. I mean, that, that could be a lot higher, right? Yeah. I mean, well, you can do two in one day and there's an, an ability, you're not necessarily blocking off a whole day for a virtual. Correct. It, it could. That's exactly right. I mean, it could be. Uh, look, demand has shrunk a bit. Right. I mean, just, you know, companies, I, I, I think that's true there. So, you know, we're trying to get our percentage of what has been a bit of a shrinking pie. And there's been shifts in the industry. You know, our percentage of direct business is much higher than it's been, let's say, historically in the last five years versus the relationship with the bureaus. And I think some of those trends are just, you know, are, are based on the circumstances that we're in. But as, as we see this come back online or more hybrid events start to emerge, I think there's just going to be a huge opportunity into 2022. So now's a good time to think about positioning, packaging, and and I, so I'm, I'm glad that we've really put a lot of time and energy and thinking into how those products are going to be positioned going forward. I love that. I love that. And these packages that you can be selling to your clients will include, you know, maybe one, maybe two live events and then a series of things in between, which I think is fantastic. I've heard of an economist, Andy Bush. I don't know if you know him. He talks about revenge buying by the individual because people have a lot more savings right now, he's talked about. And um, I also have heard the term, you know, revenge attending, where a conference used to have 300 people, they might have 500 people this year because there's so much pent up energy to get out and meet with people live. And so I think 2022 is going to be, you know, you're going to be run off your feet. So I'm glad you've got that boat so you can take your time and get out there and unwind and keep a nice balanced lifestyle, Ryan. Yeah, you look, I mean, I, we see that too. And we have access to some research too through our relationship with some sports teams that do a lot of analysis about fan appetite for events, concerts, mm-hmm. sporting events. And I think that's going to hold true for conferences. And I'm in the conversations with meeting planners and large corporations, the energy around returning to big events, the appetite that people have for it is, is really insatiable. So, you know, we, we see this as it's safe to do it coming back in a very significant way. And I, I am, I'm resting up and I'm going to go after another big run and tour pretty good when, when that represents itself. Um, because it's, just, it's a window of opportunity that I think is going to be unlike any other time in the history of this business. So Yeah, beautiful. Okay. So the goal of today is to really cover a lot of the questions that you get asked on a regular basis. You know, lots of people approach Ryan and say, hey, could you, you know, have a coffee with me? And obviously when you're doing this volume, it's very difficult to accommodate everybody. So this question is from Keith. I don't Yeah, so th- 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 so this is that day. This is the coffee with me, this by the way, coffee. right? This is we're yes, having okay. the coffee chat. So every time somebody <laughs> says, Hey Ryan, can I can I book a coffee chat with you? You say, Yes, you can. Here you go. Here's the video. Okay. So Keith, I know he's on the line right now. At what point in your career did you start having others assist with aspects of your business? So let's take you back. Uh, to the part where you started to figure out that you needed help? Well, I, I, I knew I needed help right away. I don't know if that's a lack of confidence or whatever, but she's sitting right off to say hi in the chat, Lynn. 
So um, she's, she's sitting right off to the camera. Here's my business manager, uh, Lynn. Lynn was the best salesperson that's ever worked for me. Um, we worked for a, Fortune, a division of a Fortune 500 company. Oh. I was the chief sale. I was the chief. There she is. Yeah, we can. There's Lynn. Um, so I was the uh, chief sales officer. Lynn was one of our account executives, and she broke all kinds of sales records, and we worked together. And, and so... Uh, it was very natural for me to, you know, think about her very early on. So um, she joined me really, really from inception. And um, it was an investment, but it was one that was worth making. And I think that's an important thing to consider about this business is you have to invest in you. You have to invest in your business and you have to treat it like a business. You know, I come out of, I came out of a large business. We had a budget and a business plan and we were making capital investments in infrastructure and talent. And I just, that's how I think. And so I, you know, my budget was obviously a lot smaller at that time, but you know, the reality was, was I wasn't alone. And between Lynn and I, one thing I knew is we we're going to generate some sales and, and we did. And, and the real secret behind if whatever success I've had, at least initially is we got very, very good at selling speeches and I had to figure out how to get good at giving them. And uh, that took a little longer actually, but I think we're there now. Yes, you're there 100%. I can vouch for you. So I want to kind of share with people the idea that finding a Lynn is a little bit like finding a unicorn. It's not the easiest thing. It is a bit of a merit. I was a Lynn back in my day, my first three jobs uh, managing speakers. Uh, I did the role that Lynn did. And a lot of people have asked me, how do I find? It feels like this is the solution to all of your problems, finding somebody who can sell you. And I want to say that, A, it's a very difficult thing to find. B, you need to be prepared to pay them really well. A Lynn is expensive. <laughs> and also, sometimes I will recommend that people hire all around the Lynn position and all of the other things and take them off your plate and then leave you to sell. So just kind of an up, another idea because, Ryan, not everybody can find a Lynn. I'm sure you've heard lots of speakers complaining or you know, saying that they'd really like to find a Lynn. Yeah, I, I I would agree. Look, our relationship is unique, and right, I, I you know I had the benefit, the good fortune of uh, of observing her work product over the course of a couple of decades in our corporate environment. I, I'll, and I'll be honest, if she resigned today, though, I would probably be thinking back to the handful of other people from that experience that also were very talented, or they're proven commodities. So Lynn's choice one, and she's employee one, and she's still here today. And I'll work really hard to make sure. You know, we, we continue on this journey, but there were some other people that I think could have fit in this business. And we've got another person that joined us recently who's got a ton of talent that came from another area that's offering some consulting and perspective. And, you know, they're out there. But he, one, one point I'll make about that is I, I didn't ever kind of outsource the entire sales responsibility to Lynn. We sell together. And that's an important point. Um, I sell me first and then and trained her how to sell me. Yeah. And um, she brought a lot of competency to the table, but we just had to learn a new category. And so and we still do that. I, I make sales every week. Uh, and that's the part of the business that I love, too. So love it. Love it. Now, if you were starting all over again, Andrew's asking in 2021, what would you do differently at the beginning? 
Yeah. So focus, 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 focus. You know, in the beginning, I cost myself a couple of years and Jane, you probably remember this well, you know, I had, I had a myriad of partners and I was trying to do multiple things. I took on consulting work and was trying yeah. to get training launched. And I had a partnership with an interactive company. I was just in, it just layered on a bunch of unnecessary suffering. And some of that was due to my own insecurity. I just had never started a business. I was afraid to be on my own. So I felt like I needed these people around me to provide support. And I didn't. And once Lynn and I just got disciplined and focused and let all of that go, the business took off. So focus, right? Get very clear on who you are, who you're going to be, what you're going to bring to the marketplace, and then attack it with discipline. And, you know, that, that would have saved me a lot of time, a lot of suffering, and quite frankly, some money too. Mm-hmm, for sure. You know, it's a, it's a confidence issue when you feel like you need another degree or you need a partner or something that you need something that you don't have. It just comes back to you not having enough kind of validation, maybe from external to say, Hey, you've got it going on. You have everything that you need to be a massive, massive success. But one, one thing I do want to say too, you go ahead, Ryan, and then I'm, I'll circle back to that. Well, well, I was going to say, and, and so if you're in that point, if you're just starting, right, that's a shaky time. So, you know, I was afraid. And so, you know, having Lynn helped me because she believed in me and believed we could do this yes. maybe before I believed in myself. I hired you, Jane. Jane's like, you've got it. I've seen this. I know this business. Borrow my belief and confidence. And I'll never forget this true story. Jane may not remember this, but I, I'm, you know, just starting my first year. And, and Seth Godin, we all know Seth Godin, marketing guru, genius. He, he was offering these internships. Basically, you go, you go work for Seth as an intern, unpaid for, I don't know, I think at the time it was a summer, maybe three months, six months, whatever it was. And you half the time you spend working on his business. And then the other half the time you spend working on your project under his tutelage. And so I said to Jane, I'm like, look at this, this would be great. And I could learn how he did it. And, you know, I'd be so much better if I got to do that for six months. And Jane said, why would you go work on somebody else's business for six months? <laughs> Maybe if you just worked on your business for six months, you'd be that much further along. And it was, and she was so right. And I didn't need to go do that, but it was, that was my fear. And it was another way to really kind of extend what I, the, the, you know, facing the truth yeah. of, okay, it's me, Lynn, two laptops, and this one hour keynote, and now we've got to hit go. But I would say get into that energy as quickly as you can, because that's where the growth happens. Yeah. And I've heard somebody else say that you need to make decisions quickly. And that means the fire decision. So, you know, you get crystal clear on what you're selling. And I want to circle back to that right now. When Ryan first started out, he did have some clarity around what he was selling. What was it for a new economy, business performance for a new economy? Was that the? It still is because the economy it? keeps changing. Okay. It's always new. Okay. <laughs> business performance for a new economy. And I want to say that you've always had kind of, you're a sales guy. So you've always had one foot in sales and you've always had kind of one foot in, I would just say corporate and motivation and kind of uh, lots of different things. I think the reason why you're able to offer something like your virtual wellness program today is because you have the following. People knew you first for business performance in a new economy, and that's why it allowed you to offer this. Had you tried to offer wellness 
on day one, as well as sales, as well as business performance for a new economy, it may not have worked. So picking a lane does actually really help, even though Ryan is not necessarily always the best example of that. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I mean, by the way, you're absolutely right. And and the people that are hiring us to do that are people that have worked with us in the sales or leadership lanes. So, you know, I probably have two lanes. And and the other thing about if you're evolving or you're inventing, yeah. it's always great when a client pay, client pays for you to make a new product, right? Yeah. So we already had the built-in demand. Worst case scenario was I invented this new series, sold it to this client that more than paid for my time to develop it. And now the gift is we're selling it to a lot of other people. And so that's how I like to, that's how I like to create and iterate my business when someone else is paying me to do it. I love that. Now, circling again, back to the beginning, when you first got started, talk about your smiling and dialing. Like you guys are hard core sales people. The question came in, I, I, sorry, I forget. I think this might've been from Keith. When you're first getting started, did you rely on word of mouth agencies and or other services, or did you do prospecting yourself? Talk about the kitchen table. The kitchen table was the war room and we would do insane amounts of outbound prospecting. You know, I um I had a relationship with the Society of Human Resources Management. They're the eighth largest trade association in the United States. And I had a particular keynote that was strategic credit certified for SHRM. I promise you, we talked to every SHRM chapter, breakfast group, partnership. And, and there the good news is there were thousands, right? Like man, the Mandan, North Dakota. Sherm chapter. They were having a breakfast meeting at Applebee's on a Wednesday. I wanted to keynote in the back of that Applebee's. <laughs> and we unearthed, and it was literally Lynn and I with our laptops at my kitchen table. And here's the deal. Back then, I would have loved agents and, 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 and bureaus to be booking me. No one would even speak to me. There was no bureau that want, knew who I was, wanted to speak to me. They get thousands of emails and inquiries and people are sending them books. So it wasn't until I got on their radar screen or I actually was securing deals that they had proposals into. That's what, you know, once Washington Speakers Bureau lost three, three proposals to Ryan Estes, they're like, who is this guy that keeps taking our business? And And that's when it happened. And you had been, it's not like you hadn't been reaching out to WSB for a period of time first. It was that, you know, he he wasn't on, he, he wasn't sinking in. Losing business to you is the best way to have an agency or a bureau take notice of you. Question came in from Frank. What all topics did you do for Sherm? What would you say was the number one topic that really got you booked into a lot of Sherm meetings? Yeah, it's a keynote called Rethinking HR. It was just really about the evolution of the role, the way I saw the role potentially evolving and how important talent and culture was to the future of the business. The whole key to that was they had the strategic credit certification. So once that that keynote became strategic credit approved and Sherm was getting continuing education for the time that I was there, it took off. And I'm I, okay. I, you know, there's 50 states. I probably, I probably was the opening or closing keynote for 35 state Sherm conferences, in addition to speaking at Sherm National as a breakout or mega ses- session speaker for years. So 
And from a strategic standpoint, the reason why all of those SHRM events were so perfect in terms of, and maybe the the fee wasn't exactly what you wanted it to be, but that was Ryan's strategy to get him in front of all of the Fortune 100s and Fortune 500 companies. Because the Society of Human Resource Managers that's where they're gathering. They're from all of the big companies. And you're still, I think you're probably still reaping the rewards of that however many year tour with SHRM that you did today, don't you think? Every week. First of all, I just had a SHRM chapter reach out this morning to want me to keynote their conference. I don't know if we'll be able to work that out or not, but (laughs) you know, it's great that I'm that remembered that way. And then of course, we still can point back to clients or people that are hiring us and people that saw us there then or that client turned into. And it was just um it, it was a great runway into and and all I was doing really was copying what other speakers had done. I had I saw you know, this is what Tim Sanders did. This is what Simon Bailey did. And they were my avatars. And you know, and Jane, we would sit there and be like, look at how busy Tim Sanders is and why does he have all those speeches? And I don't he's a friend of mine now. So I can we can joke around about this. But I think it's important to wherever you're at whatever you're starting, look ahead of you and point to someone and says, oh, and, and just if you could say, okay, I could do what that person's doing. I could see the path. I could follow in that path. And Tim did a lot of Sherm events and then had a big corporate following. Simon was the same way. And, and it, that also gave me confidence that, yes, I could see that path. And I followed it. I love that we have some beautiful things going on in the chat. There was a question about your setup, which I'm going to, I'm going to put on pause here for a second and we're going to come back to it. I want to just give a couple of little chunks about the business itself. What reports do you look at on a weekly basis and what percentage do you try to keep your expenses to? I don't even have a percentage. You know what? I don't, I don't even, I honestly, expenses and profit the way I, the way i view money is it's fuel so if i see an opportunity i'll fund it, it you know it, and, and so what what i'm most interested in isn't my expense ratio okay. and look the, the, i've graduated maybe to this place what i'm more interested in is the top line growth of my business it's not that important for me to be taking money personally off the table i can fund my life and my lifestyle and I live well within my means. So I actually live in the same loft or apartment that I lived in when I started this business. True story. I I drove the same. I just bought a new car. So I've driven the same car since. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and the only reason I did is because the one I had stopped running. Uh, I actually drove this, I drove this winter in Minnesota, where I live, in a car with no heat, oh and so I just can I condition myself. I live way below my means. Like it's kind of that Stoic philosophy. I've written about delayed gratification, and I always question. Mm-hmm. This goes back to the first year I started. So the first year I started, I made all these rules about spending money because I wanted to extend my runway. So what could I cut? Well, I'm not going to buy a single article of clothing. I'm never going to go out to dinner. I quit playing golf because it was too time consuming and expensive. The bottom line was I I wasn't going to fail. Like, and I, and I got the most competitive person I know 
to join me on this journey. And that's Lynn. And, you know, I mean, she is insanely competitive and a ferocious salesperson. So that energy in my mindset was, hey, I'm up at four in the morning. I'm in a suit. I'm at the kitchen table. Lynn will be here at six. And I, I don't need to eat anything but three cans of tuna today. Like, <laughs> like that type of, like, and between us, it was like, okay. And, and I'm sure people are watching this like, okay, the guy's psychotic. Maybe <laughs> for a window of time, for a window of time, I was. And, and the whole thing with the car, it just was a reminder to me, like, I may want a new car, but I don't need one. And the, remember, the capital is fuel, but I can fund things. I can hire people. I can invest in projects. And, and you know, even getting into the virtual studio, yeah, it's not just Lynn here. My producer, Jeff, is behind camera one. And he's here every time we do this because it gives me an advantage and it makes my product world class. And I want to invest in that. And that creates my future. Beautiful. Well, I think that's really the philosophy. If anybody hasn't read the book, The Millionaire Next Door, that's really the philosophy. And I love it, but I do not live that way myself, personally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. And by the way, and then when it's time, I I, I bought a beautiful new car. It's lovely. It's gorgeous. But I, you know, I, I earned it and now I feel good about it. So. That's great. And I like to do purchases along the way. I remember the hot tub was a reward for a really good month. And this really cool fridge with a door and door thing, you know, was I was like, I don't have anything to show for what I'm doing here. I needed something to show for it. So that's just a little aside. Okay. Uh, let's talk about what's going on around you right now and your setup and Jeff and everything. Uh, I think people obviously in the chat box were talking about it. Did we get everything in the chat or is there more to tell Lynn? Maybe you can tell us. Let's, Lynn, Lynn will drop a link to how to be a, we, we have a link called, um, uh, it's, it's about how to be a, how to grow your virtual business. Right. And and what that and, and I'm gonna get off the stool and stand up for a second and Jeff okay. will give us a little tour. So oops, that's no, okay. So Lynn will drop that link. On the link, it breaks down our full tech stack in the okay. studio. And we did a lot of experimenting. I mean, we we spent a ton of money. We went to you know big production facilities and thought we were gonna have to make this huge investment. And then we really sat down and figure out, figured out kind of how to do this in my house with Jeff and his equipment and technology. So, okay. Jeff, maybe you could do a, can we do a 360 on the iPad? Or? So you've got a switcher yeah. there. Correct. You've got how many cameras? Two cameras, a switcher. And then, Jeff, maybe you could stay to me or go to camera two. Um, so this is your position, obviously not with your back to us. But this is your position, Ryan, if you're doing a keynote and then your slides are coming up beside you. Yeah. So so watch. So watch this, Jeff, or a camera two. So I may be engaging the audience, ask them to, you know, reflect on something, drop it in the chat. Lynn will give me a few answers out of the chat and, and I could drop those down here and then uh-huh. we could have a two way conversation. Jeff, go back to camera mm-hmm. one. And we've got my head. We've got my head. We're 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 a little low because I was sitting down. There we go. Um, and uh, so Jeff's back. And then go to full content. And now we're at full content. Back to camera one. And look at my and so little we move, we in the move. corner there. I like that. 
This is this, yeah. This is a pro. This is a pro, everybody. And, and then I go go uh, right on then, that screen. Super cool. And then go back to full content and uh, advance the slide. And, and this is an example, too. I'm always promoting our community, collecting the email addresses, getting people in the pipeline. We publish content once a week. Jeff shoots all our videos, does all our production. We have a marketing firm on retainer that supports all of the outbound communication. And then Lynn, Lynn's dropping resources in the chat during the keynote. So we're resourcing people with supporting content, aftercare, materials that they can go implement immediately when we're done. It just gives us an advantage. And, and one thing I want to yeah, say then, about that, the text to idea is so good. Tell everybody what they should text to in order to uh, get on uh, and see what all you're yeah, doing. So Jeff, so Jeff, go full con- yeah. So, um, so you, um, you could see that, that slide right there. That's all you have to do is follow those, those instructions. And Lynn, Lynn will actually drop a link. Why don't you drop a link to that or even our resources page on the website? Uh, there's just a lot of things that people could download. I mean, we use it for our clients, but anybody that's trying to grow a business, like the sales call, plan, the sales call planning checklist, the value proposition checklist. So so um, one of the things I want to say that I've done personally not well is that I've offered too many things for them to go and do. And so if you come back to that text to thing on several occasions, what Ryan's doing is he's now pulling people into his world and he's keeping them there until he they'll buy from him, which is fantastic. So uh, the resources are there. Did we get the um, the whiteboard description in the newsletter? Is that in the newsletter, Lynn? Yeah. yeah. So it's so in the in the email, it breaks down every camera, every light, the laptops, the whiteboard, every piece of technology we're operating right now is listed in that email or in that in that blog post. The other thing, the switcher, the switcher actually gives us an opportunity to do multimedia. So if I'm doing an exercise, if I say, okay, everybody reflect, and I want you to come up with a realistic revenue number for 2021 in this virtual hybrid world, and then drop that number into the chat. We're all going to share transparently here as speakers, and I'm going to give you a minute to go do that. And by the way, everybody can go ahead and do it. And uh, Jeff? I like that. Text prepare to six six eight six six, and you and can come grab back the, uh, the information. Beautiful. I like the tunes in the background, and I'm I know you as a mo- Mr. Motivational Speaker man would love to like sign off to some big, you know, musical outro or something like that. Are you doing that in your presentations? Yeah, you know, we aren't, and I'm, we're using music. It, it, to create energy mostly around the exercises, we Lynn always is monitoring the chat just like she is now. And so so if I if I'm ha- we're doing an exercise, there's a question, a reflection, I'm writing on the whiteboard, I'm having a conversation with her, which is like having a conversation with the audience. She's sitting right off to the side of camera too. Lynn, tell me what's in the chat, what were the reflections? I I and then I can comment on the whiteboard, then go back to camera one. And and if and if someone has a reflection or says something, I could say, hey, Lynn, why don't you drop a video around that? So people are 
it, it feels a lot more customized and interactive. And, and I think people, people stay engaged. So that. very different than a webinar, which is sort of where we started. Yes, yes, yes. Shoal is asking, is it okay to have corporate audiences going to your text to link versus giving the client the resources to distribute internally? And I would absolutely. say, yeah. I'd say absolutely. Let's go. You want to join the journey? Step up. I mean, no one, no clients ever complain about that. They love it. Like you want to grow your business. Cool. Uh, you want to continue to stay in the learning lane. Join us. Let's go. I love it. I love it. So, okay, everybody, I'm really excited that um, I've got one more question for Ryan. And then if you have a question, thank you so much for being here, Andrea and Dan and Dave and Dawn and Angela and Duana and Elaine and Frank and Heather and Jacob. I'm so happy to see all of these familiar faces Keith, really, really appreciate you all being here. Um, go ahead and put any questions that you might have into the chat box. We'll do our best to get to as many as we can. Tell us, while we're waiting for that to load up, was there anything that you did that was a waste of time and money for you, Ryan? On the entire journey or, or yeah, specifically to, oh, oh my God. No. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, the, the the way to look at this is, I, I, but I wouldn't consider it a waste. Here, here's the thing: like success is success is iterative, right? Mm -hmm. So I hired that person, and that was a mistake. And then I shifted over here, and then I spent money on this CRM, and well, that what isn't working. And you know, and Lynn said, "Why did we do that? I don't know." That was, so the way I look at it is, I'm always conducting three or four experiments in my business, and I've let go of the fact that every thing I do, everything I invest in, has to be some big home run. They're not but I'm getting smarter as I go. This, this whole experience here is an iteration. First, we were out there at the kitchen table. Then we had Jeff in the living room. Then we're like, this isn't going to work. We have to go to one of these big production studios. That was five grand a keynote. I said, I'm already discounting. I don't want to give them five grand. Jeff, get another camera. Come back to my house. And he's like, well, we need light over here. And we just figured it out and kept yeah. expanding. I was like, oh, it'd be cool if I had a whiteboard. Lynn, you should be on site for everyone and manage the chat. We, and, you know, it's iterative. So do we make mistakes? Of course. Am I going to make more? Of course. But that, that's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm fueling my growth and it's iterative. That takes me here, takes me there. And I'm, I'm on to something. So even the virtual wellness series, at first it was three, then we added a fourth module, then we had a fifth module, but it wasn't the right one. Then we got the right fifth module. So I guess uh, I'm doing that. I'm, I'm doing that all the time. Um, so the constant, uh, constant process. Let me just ask you a question from Frank. How did a sales guy, I can hear this in his uh, New York accent, Italian, New York, just picture that. How did a sales guy become a CE speaker for HR groups? <laughs> How right. did that happen? Right. Great. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful question. And so I was selling into HR organizations. So let me just real quickly. So I, I'm running a sales organization for a division of an ad agency that sold internal or HR communication. So the HR was our primary buyer. So I'm attending these Sherm conferences as a vendor. I'm sitting in the back one day and, and ready to go on booth duty in the trade show, which sucked. And I thought to myself, you know, if I was the speaker up there, 
I bet a lot more prospects would come to our booth and the idea was born. That was it. I hated booth duty. I hated the fact that three or four other competitors were in that trade show and I couldn't differentiate. And I decided I was going to be the guy on the stage and take all the business. And so that's how a sales guy steps in and becomes an HR expert, which I really was. And I was selling to HR, which, by the way, is great sales insight. Mm -hmm. And I did this huge run of Sherm, right, because I developed a great talk that was relevant, that engaged them as an audience. And then they funneled me into their sales conferences and leadership conferences, and the business was born. So that that's the how. Beautiful, beautiful. Mike wants to know. When, what questions do you ask on a cold outbound call when you can tell the person on the other line is kind of shutting you down or doesn't really want to talk? We're, getting, we're going sales 101 here. It's not really 101, though. It's really a hard question. <laughs> I, yeah, no. I mean, I, I, I suppose. So, look, if I'm trying to sell a keynote and I'm talking to a meeting planner, I'm asking them questions about the things they care about, right? Their event, what's working, what isn't, what they hope to accomplish afterwards, how often they meet. I want to get that person in their world talking about the things they own, love, run, do, deliver, create. Everybody wants to talk about that, the work product that they're proud of. And then at the logical point in that conversation, I will insert that how we can support them at their place of highest need with what we do. And that that's that's my and I can I can roll through those questions, you know, right. right, Like and look, I I don't I don't create um, an adversarial relationship Um, and I'm fortunate. Right. I would say. You know, because we've had 10 years in this business, most of the out and we've done a ton of outbound selling in the pandemic, mm-hmm. but it's they're warm leads. Right. There are people in my database, people that I talk, I gave a talk to seven years ago. We're reaching back out with new content, updates, support people I talked to two years ago. Here's a new series. Here's a new sales. You know, that's fueled our our business during this period of time. Yeah, you could circle back to all of your past clients for the virtual wellness program, knowing that that fits a need right now. That's a beautiful thing. Now, I'm going to assume Mike had a follow-up direct to corporate, not meeting planners. If you're talking to an executive in corporate, you're talking to them about what matters to them. And maybe it's more of a cultural conversation than it is about a specific meeting. Am I right? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, even better, give me give me a chief revenue officer and I can talk about how often they're meeting, how they support training, what their growth objectives are, what the competitive landscape looks like, where they're facing pressure. You know, what 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 constitutes a successful rep from a B rep? Like I can get into that dialogue with somebody who's running revenue or sales. And look, you're with your if you're with corporate executives at the end of the day, particularly in the world I work in, there's one mandate: grow the business. Period. Like that's that's what the sales function is there to do. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, I, I, and I we have evidence of this. I have a great story. I, we did a keynote for Thomson Reuters, big company, about a thousand reps in the room. About a year later. I get this email from one of the people in the room, so one of the thousand, who increased. He said, you know, I took your advice that keynote was great. I've been following your blog. He said, I'm up 138% this year, going to break a record. I just want to thank you. And I saved that email because that one guy validated my fee. 
right? Now, there were 999 other guys in that room that also could have been up. And so I just realized from that email, shit, I'm not charging enough. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? 138%? Yeah. And so I, I can bring that email into a conversation. How would your people, how would it feel to you if your people experienced that kind of growth and had that kind of confidence and clarity about what they needed to do to drive the business? Like, I'll move into that conversation. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the, be the best compliment I can get is we want, we want you to teach our people how to sell like you sell. And that's, that's where I want to be. That's beautiful. Shola's asking, what's your follow-up process? What's your aftercare process? Do you book in a debrief with the client? She said, how do you keep the relationship going? Sometimes I feel like things fall a little flat after giving the keynote. So you have an aftercare program? Yeah. So that's, that's the word we use. We call it aftercare. And uh, so immediately, so the, the, the idea is you want to set up the expectation and the appetite for aftercare during the discovery before you actually speak. That is the best window of, it's, it's when the customer is most engaged, they're most invested into who you are and your content. And it is the biggest window of opportunity to create an expectation that one and done is not optimal, that we need to go on this further journey. The, the idea that I'm going to change, modify somebody's behavior or habits in one hour, I can be a catalyst, right? I can be a spark. I can jumpstart a conversation. I can bring a ton of energy and some very actionable ideas that will support with a robust portfolio of aftercare content that you can leak out. But if you really want to grow, you're going to have to bring me back in 90 days so I can support the execution of the ideas I'm going to introduce, and then we'll do it again. And by the end of the year, you're going to have a whole sales organization that's moving forward toward a new target with new potential. That's what I want to sell. And I make that case in the discovery call. So you, you might ask a question, back to a question, right? So you might ask a question, is the objective here just high energy or entertainment, or would you like to really grow your business? Yeah. How long do you right? want to last, right? And of course, they're going to say, no, I want to grow my business. That's the whole point of having the meeting in the first place. And I think when you can figure out what the point is uh, very quickly in the conversation, that's very helpful. Hey, Keith is asking, uh, who do you consume from a content perspective to feed you and help you grow? Love that question, Keith. Thank you. Yeah, so there there are a couple of people that I that I look at now. Um, I'm a huge fan of Simon Sinek. Uh, I just think his ideas and thinking and business. Dan Pink is another one. Marcus Buckingham is another one. So not not only just consuming. Tony Robbins is another one. He's an anomaly, right? He's a once in a lifetime phenomenon. Whatever your opinion is about him and his content and his Netflix special. Nobody can argue about the business he's built and the lives he've, he's impacted. So, you know, somebody like me, I'm like, okay, well, I want to go, I want to go study at the feet of the guy who's built the biggest thing. So go to UPW, walk across the fire, sit in the audience, take the notes, sit right in the front row and watch Tony off to the side. What's he eating? What's he drinking? What's he wearing? Who's supporting him? Where's his assistant? Does he try? And so I'm, I'm just obsessed with that. I am. Um, you know, even I have some relationships with clients that have hired a lot of speakers, obviously. And, and so I want to know, okay, you hired Simon Sinek, like, 
What was the discovery process like? What happened when you called his office? Did you talk to him? Did you talk to his team? How did he follow up? When did he arrive? Was he traveling alone? Did he use PowerPoint? I want to know everything. (laughs) So, you know, it's that level of interest, I think, that, and because, you know, the reality is I'm here, Simon's here, Tony's here, and there's an elevator and I want to keep going up. So that's how I think about this business. The other thing that's important too is I look outside of the business. What does Coldplay do to market and promote a tour? How's John Mayer launching his new album? I, you know, that's interesting to me. So I think you can get inspiration outside of kind really of your, it, yeah. Really so. good. Now Dave's asking about selling. Can you talk a bit about persistence? Um, what are your signals or systems that when to move on to the next prospect? Yeah, I mean, I, I want to give, so, right, fail fast, right? We kind of talked about that. I want to give people an opportunity to say no or yes. And if they say no, or I'm not the right choice, we're just moving on. The beautiful thing about this, I always say to Lynn, like, you know, the education, corporate or professional education is a billion dollar business. There are hundreds of thousands of meetings. All we have to do is get 75 little ones. Like between us, can't we get 75? Like 75, that's nothing. Like, and if we can't do that, then we shouldn't call ourselves professional salespeople, right? So, you know, somebody says, no, I go, I go to the next one. Now, the, the other thing we do is I, we want to sell to the, you know, you know, the next closest dollar, right? So we've done a lot of work in insurance and financial services. So, you know, if Mass Mutual and Pacific Life and State Farm and American Family is a client, we should be able to, with great confidence, reach out to somebody at Northwestern Mutual and say, hey, here's our portfolio of customers. There's a huge appetite for Ryan's ideas in this category. It's disruptive. And that, you know, that gives us uh, an opportunity. So always thinking about it that way. Where are we hot? What's working? Who's where are the meetings? Those kinds of things. Love it. Backing up to the question about who you follow. We know there's got to be some women in there somewhere. Who are you? Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's get it. I mean, I I, so look, (laughs) Yeah, Mel Robbins, Kendra Hall, um, Carrie Lorenz, all, all, all the people around me that have helped me become who I am are women. My mom was my first teacher. My first two bosses uh, out of school were women. My business manager, a woman. My speaking coach is a woman. Like I, I was all of the credit for helping me become who I am goes to women. So, but I'm not, but. I'm not a woman, right? So, and that's okay to say I'm a I'm a man. So it's okay to say, hey, here's Tim and here's Simon and here's their energy, and I feel like them and I can follow them, and that's great. And and all the women I named are people that I pay attention to, follow, have connections with, have talked to, have relationships with. I mean, so yeah. Okay, I've got a really important final question from Elaine, and she wants to know what is going on with that red thing behind you there. <laughs> we, so it's so funny. It's 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 a piece of artwork, right? It's an African headdress, and uh-huh. the bird the birds the birds on the headdress are this particular type of bird found in the Amazon that actually (laughs) insects off of crocodiles. So I just liked the color and thought it was dope. So I bought it, (laughs) put it in here, but it's so interesting. We, um, whether I'm sitting in, in the other room and we have that big piece of art in the background, we get asked every time we do this, somebody asks about our conversation piece. So, yeah. So, right. So think about what you're putting it around you that creates 
some energy or a conversation, conversation for sure. Starter, I love that. When we set this up, we really wanted to make sure that we covered all of the questions that you often get asked. Was there a question that you often get asked that we didn't cover yet today? We've got two minutes. No pressure. No, you know, I, I, I look. I, I often get it here. Yeah, here's one. I often get asked, hey, can I pick your brain? I want to know how you did it. Like, and I, and I, I used to ask that question. And I think part of that is what, what I would say is look inside. This is a simple business. It's a sales and marketing and relationship and referral business. There's companies that hire speakers. You need to go convince those people that you're the speaker to hire. You need to step onto the stage, kick ass and get referred or asked to do it again. That's the business. So what I would say is everybody on a call like this knows exactly what they need to do. Go do it and, and do it relentlessly. And, and you'll get better at it as you go. And that's something I found. I was not a great keynote speaker when I first met Jane. You remember, Jane, I had the note cards and I was walking around and you're like, well, that looks more like training. I don't know. Why are you holding note cards? I didn't know. But, I, you know, you, you invest in yourself, continue to grow and get better. But I, I think the fundamentals of this business, there's a lot of simplicity to it. And so just get your energy up and keep working on yourself and, um, and, and, we're, and, we're, and get ready because there's going to be a big, big explosion in our, our, our industry in 2022. Yep. And the people that are ready are going to reap the benefits. Yes, yes, yes. And we are going to come back and do a part two. For those of you who didn't get your question answered, I apologize. We try to fit as much in to our 55 minutes as we could, but we will come back and do part two. And I'd like to dive a little bit more into the Lynn Ryan relationship on part two. And we'll talk about practice and all kinds of other good things. Hey, let's give Ryan some love in the chat box, shall we? Uh, so inspiring. Thank you, Ryan, Jane, Lynn from Sherry. Thank you. Uh, Andrea says, thank you. Michelle, thank you. Duana, uh, thank you. Uh, took a page of notes. Love it. So appreciate you sharing. Thank you all for, for tuning in today. We appreciate our VIPs, don't we, Ryan? Yours we and mine have been on the line today. If you want to know more about Ryan Estes, go to ryanestes.com. And if you'd like to know more about the Wealthy Speaker School, come on over to speakerlauncher.com. And Ryan, thank you so much for being such a beautiful, engaging, and authentic guest for us today. We appreciate you. And that will say, see you soon, wealthy speakers. Bye for now, everybody. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. If you need help building the speaking business of your dreams, head over to WealthySpeakerSchool.com and take advantage of our 20-minute next step call. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast.